This is Plugged In, Con Edison's podcast about all things to do with energy and the energy industry. Welcome, everyone. I'm Philip O'Brien, and joining me today to co-host is Anne-Marie Carballis. Hi, Philip. Hi, Anne-Marie. You know, all of us, in one way or another, we've all spent more than a year at the crossroads of challenge and change. There's, of course, the pandemic, the murder of George Floyd, social unrest, hate crimes, bullying, political divisions, fake news, social isolation, challenges about schooling, child care, elder care. And it's all happening while our company is going through tremendous changes and challenges, clean energy goals, new technology, and changing personnel. But with challenges come opportunities, opportunities to come together, understand one another, and succeed as one. To do that, the experts say we must connect across differences. Joining us are two such experts, Joan Jacobs, Con Edison's Vice President of Learning and Inclusion, and Nicole Leon, Con Edison's Director of Diversity. Welcome, Joan. Thanks so much for being here today. Emery, thank you. Thank you for having us. We're happy to be here. Joan, how have the events of the past year impacted Con Edison as a company, as a community of diverse people, and as individual employees? Thanks, thanks, Anne-Marie. Uh, you know, I think you said it in your opening. The events of the last year have been incredibly challenging for the company and our employees. You know, I think I can say for sure that in my lifetime, I have never seen this kind of compounded, constant trauma affecting everybody all at once. It doesn't matter who you are. I think the last year has impacted you in some way. Um, we're lucky. We work for a company that took a number of steps to help minimize the impact to our employees. Like for example, we shifted right away to remote work where it was possible. For those who couldn't work remotely, we made sure that they were able to work safely. We also uh, made sure that our employees were able to get up-to-date relevant information throughout, thanks to the pandemic team. And, and very important, we provided spaces uh, safe spaces for our employees to share what they were going through, uh, both emotionally and psychologically. And that's thanks to, to Nicole, the ODI team, and our various ERG groups. The, the other thing uh, the company did that was critical after the murder of George Floyd was to begin thinking more deeply about systemic inequities that continue to plague our society which impacts our employees in, in such profound ways. Uh, you, you know, you've heard some of, uh, of the conversations that have taken place in one or more of the, the virtual sessions that have been held throughout the last, last year. It's, it's in this awakening here and, and throughout the country really that led to a number of different insights that ultimately led to the creation of the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Action Plan which calls us as a company to a higher standard of performance in this area. Joan, that's great, but tell us more about the action plan. What is it designed to do and what are some of its highlights? You know, first I wanna say that the action plan supports our DEI strategy that was launched in 2015 
The plan outlines 14 concrete action items that are data-driven and cultural initiatives uh, designed to help us make greater progress towards our goals, which is to be a more diverse, more equitable, and more inclusive organization. The plan uh, focuses in on a number of critical areas that we believe will help us eliminate barriers in our hiring and promotional processes, create opportunities for more diversity at all levels of management. Uh, it also calls for more opportunities for development, which is reflected in our new executive sponsorship program, and of course, accountability for our true progress, which include connecting uh, executive compensation to diversity goals. We have a brilliant team of, of task force members. They come from every area in the company and they are currently working on several items in the action plan that we think will uh, put forward meaningful solutions to some of our challenges uh, in the workplace. Joan, what are some of the ways that systematic racism can manifest itself in the business environment and how can they be disrupted? Anne-Marie, unfortunately, there are quite a number of ways that systemic racism can show up in the workplace. Systemic racism or systemic bias is really about policies and practices that appear to be neutral on the surface. But in looking at the outcomes, we see instead deeply rooted patterns of preferences that end up disadvantaging certain groups. Some examples are, uh, for example, steering certain employees and not others to job assignments that are likely to lead to opportunities for advancement. Uh, another example uh, is a job ad that could use language that suggests a preference for a male hire. Uh, one of the ways to disrupt or tackle this problem is to actively monitor for it and then to develop measures to eliminate it wherever you find it. The action plan actually helps us to do that. As I said before, we have a task force uh, that is looking at outcomes in the hiring process with a fine tooth comb, whether it's in the screening process or the interview process or the job posting process, and they're developing solutions to help tackle systemic issues wherever they find them. Let's bring Nicole in. Hi, Nicole. DEI took action and began important conversations about the issues of systemic racism, unconscious bias, and the very different life experiences we've had while they were happening. What were your goals and what resources did you use? So hi, Phil. So as, as Joan mentioned earlier, 2020 was a very different year. The world, our country, the company was faced with just an onslaught of things that we've never encountered before. So there were no specific roadmaps or blueprints for us to follow. But what we do know is that our company and our employees know how to manage emergencies and we know how to manage in a crisis. Um, and last year was just that. Maybe not a weather-related crisis like we deal with, but a significant change in the climate overall, social climate. So in addition, Con Edison, as Joan mentioned, has been on our diversity, equity, and inclusion journey for a while. And we've laid a strong foundation, right? We've looked at things like creating awareness, understanding about the importance of valuing diversity, which is about every one of our employees, all 14,000, making sure they feel seen, they feel heard, they feel valued. And fortunately for us, that foundational work included the revitalization and even the expansion of some of our employee resource groups or our ERGs. So last year, one of our newest ERGs was 
Blacks United in Leadership and Development, or BUILD. And they came on the scene at a perfect time. They, their launch event was focused on COVID and the disparate impact to Black employees. And then immediately after that, we were dealing with and facing the murder of George Floyd. Catherine Lewis, who is the lead for BUILD, reached out to me and said, our employees are scared, they're confused, they want to talk, they've got a lot on their mind. What can we do? So the Office of Diversity and Inclusion partnered with BUILD, and we created sessions called Building Bridges, which allowed employees to talk about what they were experiencing, what they were feeling. And it was open to all employees, not just Black and Brown employees. It was an opportunity for folks to share their pain, their concern, and for others of us to learn and to listen. That framework for us, fast forward into this year, with uh, the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, we held town halls with APACE, which is our Asian Professional Alliance, and allowed us to set up another type of listening forum to hear from, sadly, our Asian employees who are being faced with hate and bias in their community. Um, these forums give us insight into the things that matter to our employees, but also provide an opportunity for us to learn and to support them. And in order to keep these conversations going, Phil, the Office of Diversity and Inclusion also created a DNI playbook, which was something very new for us. And our goal was to give our managers a tool or resource where they could lead these courageous conversations, create the safe space in the workplace for their employees to have productive, respectful conversations about race, which we've never done at work. So you know, it was difficult for people. It was uncomfortable, but the playbook really did help to provide that support and resource to keep the conversation going and make deeper connections and understanding for all of us as employees of Con Edison. Nicole, there are always those who are resistant to change, no matter what the change is. How do you manage that in these difficult conversations? Yeah. So, you know, oftentimes resistance to change comes out because of a lack of understanding or a lack of awareness. Right. So each of us are keenly aware of the things that personally impact us on a daily basis and how it shows up for us. Um, when we encounter change or difference, we may push back or even freeze in that in, in that space. And oftentimes that looks like resistance when it's just, we're not sure how to navigate that change. Um, but change is a process. There are a number of steps that each of us goes through that we have to go through. And it's about first understanding and acknowledging where I personally am um, with whatever that situation is, how I feel about it, being honest with my feelings, and then being open to different options, right? So, you know, it's important for each of us to assess and kind of understand where we are on the journey. Um, again, the dialogue that we've been having over the last year openly in the workplace that we've been encouraging is uncomfortable. It's new. We've been told you shouldn't talk about race at work. Um, most people don't want to offend. They don't want to say the wrong thing. So oftentimes we don't engage. We stay away from it. But again, it's important that we support our employees. We encourage folks and we provide the tools to navigate it safely. Um, our, Psychological safety is a big piece of the diversity, equity, inclusion work, right? Knowing I can be my authentic self, 
Um, and, and the environment is not punitive. It supports me in showing up as who I am. And that's why an element of our strategy has always been about learning. The more we learn, the more we create awareness and understanding. I'm open to new ideas and new perspectives. And then finally, you know, let's be honest, there's always going to be those who are not open and not receptive to change. But one thing they have to know and understand that in order to work at Con Edison, um, valuing diversity, equity, and inclusion is a part of who we are as a company. So that is something that we, you know, is just uh, one of our principles and one of our foundational elements. Nicole, our latest annual report is entitled Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. What does the equity mean? And does it change approaches or goals? So, Phil, um, equity is about treatment. It's, it's simply about treatment that's fair. You know, everyone wants to come to work and know that they have an equal shot at opportunities, um, that they can put their hat in the ring and, like everyone else, be considered, whether it's an opportunity to learn something new, be a part of a core team, apply for and be hired for a job, and even be considered for a promotion. You know, we have a lot of talented folks in our company and equity means making sure we're leveraging all of that talent, right? It's always been a part of the work of the ODI office. If you recall, before changing our name to the Office of Diversity Inclusion or ODI, we were called Equal Employment Opportunity Affairs, the EEOA office. So it's not new for us. The work is not new. It's always been a part of our focus. We are just now being more explicit and intentional and in calling these things out. And that's what Joan talked about with the action plan. We're being very deliberate so everyone understands what the work is and what we're working towards. So it's always been a part of our goals, Phil. Joan, what role does leadership play in creating a culture of inclusion? Anne-Marie, I can't say enough about the role of leaders. We know that people tend to model their behaviors after what they see leaders do. So for example, if the leader is paying attention to diversity, equity, and inclusion in a genuine intentional way, then employees are more likely to behave in the same manner. One of the things that's very clear, it's that implementing a strategy that's going to lead to long-term sustainable progress is infinitely complex. And when we as leaders humble ourselves to that fact as a starting point, we begin to see the work very differently. As we know, efforts around diversity, equity, or inclusion in some form or another has been going on for decades. It's not new, but unfortunately, it has brought largely very little return on the investment across industries. Remember, we saw that last year when company after company conceded to having made limited progress and acknowledged the need to do so much more. So what does that mean for leaders? It means that leaders who, as we know, sit in positions of power and often privilege, have to use their seat to advance the cause. You know, there's an old saying, to whom much is given, much is required. Some of what's required is that they have to be willing to speak openly and authentically about their commitment. They have to be aware of their own blind spots and we all have them. They have to hold themselves accountable 
for removing systemic barriers in their organization. Their words, their actions have to be aligned all the time and with everyone. They also have to be willing to engage in the process of continuous learning. I've been doing work in the equity space for much of my 30 year career, and I still find there's always something new that I'm learning. So to get to where we want to get to, Anne-Marie, leaders have to be fully committed to doing the deep work that's required to make employees feel good. The more included employees feel, the better it is for the organization. They're more productive, they're more engaged, there's higher morale, and they're far more inclined to give and do their best. Con Edison is certainly committed to these goals, and it's also ranked consistently among um, Forbes' list of America's best employers for diversity. And this year, this year we also have received recognition for DEI from Diversity Inc. and As You Sow. Joan, what's your measure of success? Yeah, Philip, thank you. You know, we're very happy for the recognition that we we receive and we receive them every year and we're, we're grateful for that. It's truly a reflection of the work that so many have done in this space, for sure Nicole and the ODI team, but also company leaders and so many employees who've come together to make this workplace one that is more welcoming, more inclusive, more respectful, and, and really just a better place for employees to come to each day. Uh, you know, Nicole often reminds us that this is a journey, not a destination. So as we celebrate, we also know that there is much more work to be done. Uh, you asked me what my measure of success is. I look at three things. One is I look to see whether or not our workforce is truly reflective of the communities we serve. And that's at every level, including the upper levels and in every area of the company. The next thing I look at is the degree to which we're treating all employees fairly. And that's in every respect. And that we're trying to uh, give them opportunities for development and advancement. And third and final, I look at the extent to which our employees actually feel valued, feel respected, and have a sense that they belong in the company. Uh, and so for me, these things, these measures of success, they summarize our goal, they summarize our journey. And yes, you've both said that it is a journey, not necessarily a destination, but could, could we just finally get from you, where, where would you like to see us in a year, in the summer of 2022? From my perspective, uh, in, in the summer of 2022, Philip, I think we are further along the path in that journey uh, in terms of the measures of success I just described. We are truly uh, more diverse uh, at every level of the company. We, uh, we know that we're treating our employees more fairly. We have gauged that and our employees are telling us that. Uh, as well as we have a greater sense of, of belonging, a greater sense of, of inclusion among our employee populations. Thank you to our guests, Joan Jacobs and Nicole Leon. And thank you, Anne-Marie, and everybody for joining us. If you have a comment or question about the program, you can send us an email to podcast at coned.com. That's C-O-N-E-D.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Also, you can follow us on our social media platforms. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Our handle for each of them is at Con Edison. Until next time, stay plugged in.